Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. Welcome to this episode 269 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and I can't help but notice how different... I know we talk about this, but how different the tone is when we do a night episode versus <laughs> this is a morning episode-ish. It's like an early afternoon-ish episode. It feels very early afternoon. Like, you know, when you're kind of still groggy right. from the morning and it's just kind of you're quiet because you still don't really have energy. And it's also hot. <laughs> anyway, hi, this is episode number 269. I, I, I took away your <laughs> intro, Andy. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's that's, that's fine. It's I am. Uh, it's it's the middle of the afternoon. It's like three thirty-five in the afternoon as we're recording here. I, I don't know whether this makes me uh, th- this positively has an effect on like my tone, but one of the th- a, because I'm I'm happy because a I get to talk to you for like an hour, hour and a half, mm-hmm. depending on depending on how long how long and interesting the pre-show banter goes, maybe two hours, and <laughs> on top of that. At the time that we finish, it'll be time for me to think, well, it's too close to dinner for me to do any work. And also, gee, I wonder if am I do I want to reheat a bowl of soup or do I want to like go down the street and get one of those sandwiches that I like? So as as I, I know that the next four hours are going to be relatively free of strife. Mm-hmm. I have to, I have mm-hmm. to go back to work after that lovely sandwich, which I've now sort of pretty much committed my mind to actually getting instead of even reheating a bowl of soup. So it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just kind of yeah. It's it's bad, Andy. It's really bad. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I just want to take a second because I I need some support. So the entire atmosphere right now in the Bay Area is very apocalyptic. This morning, it was a mix of smoke and fog, which creates this really eerie blanket that's not unlike something out of a very scary video game, Um, especially this morning around like 630, because the sun is just rising here and it there's just this bright red that shines through. And for some reason, my windows just kind of amplifies it and the way, you know, reflects off of the walls and the family room. And it's just this like, it's very, very apocalyptic. <laughs> so it's already kind of setting the mood for me, right? Waking up with this, um, you know, add to that is the fact that I complain about this on Twitter, but my ice pack burst on me overnight, which is oh. disgusting. Like yeah. the the weird blue gel that they put Ooh. in it, you know, and I didn't realize that it was on my skin because it was like on the back of my arm, and I didn't see it in the mirror where I, you know, where it's usually visible, and I didn't find it until a couple hours after I gotten up, and my skin just was kind of burning all morning, so I had to take like a, I had to take a shower, but I couldn't open the windows because there's too much smoke outside. But then also we're in a heat wave. It's just it's a lot, um, but. The reason I brought this up is because in times of tragedy and and despair is when we really get to put our our technology to the test, I would say. <laughs> and in this particular instance, I was trying to take a picture of, you know, last night around 11 o'clock. I'm like dozing off to bed. I'm so tired. My husband comes in. He's like, I need you to see this picture I just took. And he hands me his, his, uh, his Fuji camera and... I see just like this red from over the hills that we could see out our back window. And so I was like, oh, my God, like you could see all the fires culminating from, you know, 
over yonder. And it was creepy. It was scary. But then I thought to myself, this is a great way for me to test the nightscape abilities of the <laughs> OnePlus 8. So my husband and I, I equipped him with the OnePlus 8 Pro and I have the OnePlus 8. We're kind of like in tandem, you know, testing out these phones, seeing what life is like away from the Pixel. And I was not was not impressed by the abilities. I took a picture off of the back railing of I have like a sighting quote unquote French door. It's not really. It's just the people we bought the house from never finished the <laughs> supposed balcony that was supposed to go out there. So it's like, it's just the door to the roof. <laughs> just like, <laughs> this is dangerous. Um, you can't step out there either. It's just a tarp. But, it, you know, I put the camera or rather my phone on the railing, try and hold it straight. And when I've done this before with the Pixel 3, the photo came out in night sight like pretty well, not super blurry. But then this photo that I took with the OnePlus 8, I zoomed into it, you know, and I got back to my computer and it's just so out of focus. Like you could see from far away with the basic gist of the picture is, which is there is a fire over there and that's scary. So you get that (laughs) from it, but you don't get the detail that you would. And I've been seeing, I feel like this will segue really well into in a bit when we get to kind of our first act, but. I've been seeing what people have been posting from the Pixel 4a and I, you know, I'm still just thinking I got to go back to this is so screwed up, but I thinking I got to go back to the Pixel because it's wildfire season and well, I'm going to take these pictures (laughs) moment in time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's that's (laughs) that's why I, I find that the one thing that's not negotiable when I when I'm shopping for a phone for myself is the camera. Where I want the I want it's to have the best the camera. Daytime. It's well, great in yeah, the daytime. It's, it's just these like very specialized situations. Or when I was trying to take a picture of the comet. Uh, <sighs> can I can I say that uh, I I don't want to I don't want to equate uh like your 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 thing of, of having like an ice pack burst and having like essentially anti anti freeze on your on your arm on your skin overnight. That's in my hair. That oh, and you're here. Uh, that that does. Uh, did did it create any really really cool colors though? Um, no. It's just oh, my mattress is all blue now. Oh, well, I'm, that, not, oh, I, I'm the hair rock exactly. Well, oh, oh, no, blue. it didn't. The, the, it just then, crusted up my hair, which is already kind of crusty because <laughs> I haven't had a cut since November. <laughs> but but anyway, so uh, I speaking of the comment and speaking of like things on your skin, I am proud to say that after something like uh, 3 weeks after spending 3 or 4 or 5 nights outside like in the dark in a wetlands area trying to get a picture of the comet finally i think my arms and legs are free of scabs from insect bites mm. oh I yeah was, that's i was right. very i was very pleased to 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 discover that that the, the itching the, the itching was over like about a week and a half ago that was that was fine it's just that there was these, you know, the welts and the, it, it really took me back to my childhood where, you know, you're young enough to say, oh, that's okay. My, your mom, mom, mom and dad must be like distracted by like a good movie on TV or something because it's an hour after dark and they still haven't told us to stop playing exactly. kickball. Yay. Right. Right. And 
and just, you know, basically your arms and legs between insect bites and falling down on asphalt. Like you're, you're just used to these things all the time. Whereas as an adult, you try to avoid these things. You, you will accept it as a unavoidable consequence of, again, spending like an hour after sunset right. in the middle of like a salt marsh trying been failing, might I say, uh, to get a picture of this alleged comet. But um, you're, it's it's very. I'm imagining crazy. you in those like uh, galoshy overalls that uh, my friend wears when he goes out to do surveying in the marsh here in California. It's like you know, it's the kind you wear that when you go in the water to not get any. Like yeah. that's what I'm imagining that you just went I'm, through some very muddy. You know, I, I keep landscaping I, on my on my like sort of extended Amazon wish list is like a good pair of like welly boots or perhaps like a a, a pair of waders. Because yeah, it, that's it, what they're called. Waders. Because there there have been times where like maybe I would like to just like walk through this brackish water that would come down to over my knees, like in this beautiful like sort of like nature setting. But I don't want to again be <laughs> be attacked by slugs and and stuff like that. In this in this case, it was just that the the best shot of uh, I, I was sort of like on the edge of the marsh. Where it's it's like there are reeds all around me, and the my feet were like dry for the first half hour, and they just got like progressively damp over the next like forty five minutes. So, oh well. Now, but I will. We were we were talking earlier about uh, about stuff we're doing in coronavirus. I, I came before up, we were recording. Before right? we were recording, mm-hmm. which is which is. Uh, you know, let, you know, admit it, everybody. This is pretty much any any conversation with friends that you don't like live what, like in the what same. What else are we going to talk about? Right. This is all what we're doing at the same time, so <laughs> might as well commiserate, yes. right? But 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 okay, but this is but this is Google related in that now this is people hmm. people complain about the algorithm, people you know fault the algorithm, people even suspect the algorithm. Sometimes the algorithm just has this sixth sense about something that it needs to show you at a time when you need Which to see it. Which algorithm are we talking about, I'm though? Sorry, That's the, what I would the, like the, to the, know. The, the YouTube recommended videos algorithm. Because mm. maybe because... Wow, you're having success with it? Because for me, it's just been a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm, I've I, I, I've had terrific success with it. Prop. I don't know, and I don't know why. Maybe it's I don't I don't know. Again, it's Luck. a black box necessarily. So, but so I, I guess maybe because I've been like watching a lot of like art restoration videos and a lot of like documentaries about like art forgers and things like that. It started. It it sort of uh, floated a trial balloon and said, "Well, we do have this fellow who uploaded a two part video of him." just literally walking through the Louvre uh, Museum in Paris. And I'm, I'm not saying that, hey, well, hey it's Kyle with with uh, my, my my museum arts, arts blog. Now hit, hit and smash that like button and now and go to our merch store. But first, this is this video. It's no, it's like there is no production whatsoever, which makes it perfect. It's just he walks into like the pyramid, like visitor center and sort of walks around there for a little bit. And then just walks through the Louvre, like pointed. It's just a, a ninety-minute point of view shot. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't like do anything weird. And 
uh, I, I tweeted about I, I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago because I realized that one of the things that like I'm now really heartsick about is not being able to go to museums because I haven't right. been to a museum now probably in about a year because it's not as though I was going every week <laughs> back in the before times anyway. But I just it just it just scratched that kind of itch to just I'm going to walk through a museum. I don't even know I not I don't know what I'm going to see, but I know that a lot of it's going to be very interesting. And not only that, but just being in a crowd of people and being able to sort of observe because I, I <laughs> the, with the 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 time that I realized that this was really really uh I, I was really plugged into this was when like I it, it was like 35 40 minutes into the video and I was like, "Oh, Wow, it's it's that guy with the beard and the glasses that w- that we saw like at the entrance. Wow, imagine that like where you, our paths happened to cross. I'm not thinking that. Oh, th- that's the person from earlier in the video. It's like literally, literally my feelings. Like every time I'm in a museum, where you you don't know, and it's not as though you you care about anybody that you're walking around like at the same time with. But it's like, oh, it's the it's the the couple with like that red stroller and the two kids, and one of the kids is kind of polite, and the other one is kind of rambunctious. I don't know, maybe it's like, and you sort of start writing these backstories in your head and as you bump into them again and again. And I was and of course because I I watched this video for 90 minutes, it kept now it's surfacing other videos that are exactly like it. Not today today on BBC One. Uh, our, our survey of the greatest art museums, or the Heritage Museum in in, Calif- in Pasadena, California, founded in 1894. It's, it's no, it's just point of view shot. People who God love them, the, all they want to do is walk through a museum just holding a phone or holding like a GoPro in front of them. And it's stabilized video. It's, and yeah, so now I'm, sh- and the fact that, uh, the, the fact that this is my heroine at this point, uh, it's just giving me more of the same supply to keep me addicted. And I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay, so this, I just want to bring up the severe difference between you and I, which I think is the reason that people <laughs> tune in weekly is because of the, the, you know, the dichotomy that you and I present, which is that while you're watching museum walkthroughs, you know what <laughs> I'm watching on YouTube? I'm watching mall walkthroughs. You see... Hmm. I found a YouTuber that I really like. He's a local here in the Bay Area, and uh, he's been uh, he's been doing something a little scarier, which maybe I well, I, I guess I, I want to I don't want to salute him because I don't want to encourage this because it is kind of unsafe. But I also can't help but support the curiosity of this person, because as a journalist, I understand why he would be compelled to go to the mall during a pandemic when we shouldn't be outside of the house. Yeah. Uh, but he walked through some of the malls in the Bay Area that have since opened and they're just like ghost towns. You know, all the stores are most of the stores are closed and the couple that are open, they're just like completely empty. And it's just this very interesting look at life in the midst of the pandemic, trying to imitate normalcy. Uh, and so I really got into those videos for a couple of weeks and then it just made me kind of miss, you know, I'm a suburbs girl. So I, I really, I, you know, that's how I get my exercise. That's how I get my, my people time is I go to the mall and I, and I people watch and I observe and I, I listen to the chorus of crying children. You know, it's just <laughs> for some reason this provides me, you know, a Starbucks Frappuccino. These are all 
things of comfort that I can't experience right now, except through video through this person. Um, I I can't wait for the world to open up again. <laughs> Me neither. But, the, but, but you, <laughs> for a but you, right, yeah. You, you hit up on, you, but you hit on something else. It's like there is a, there's a YouTube channel that now I can't watch anymore because he is so freaking irresponsible that it's one of uh, uh, he he's a diver and he in the before times he would go to like where like a rivers and lakes where like there are a lot of like people enjoying the river and the lake and he would just dive and like come up with like 18 iPhones, 40 Apple watches, <laughs> like a hundred, hundred. I'm exaggerating slightly, but always like, a, like thousands of dollars worth of stuff of people yeah. who realize that perhaps I should not be taking a thousand dollar phone with me as I'm getting progressively drunk in an inner tube floating down a river. Um, and it's, and it's an entertaining, entertaining uh, channel, but like the f- the first video back from after the pandemic was uh, like every single really ill advised like mass entertainment thing like hey well it's Memorial Day weekend and here I am at you know booze and float fest to 2020 woo and here are like 800 people packed together in this in this river woo and we're gonna try to start find some phones woo like you're gonna find more than that you're gonna. F- find a strain of virus that we don't know how to contain yet and i don't uh, and it's like it got me so worked up as he kept like doing these bad things that i can't watch anymore whereas there are some youtubers like uh uh, the the linus tech tips channel which i like Mm -hmm. like uh they did they for like a month they did like uh they kept doing videos but like from individuals homes all alone just like the on the tested uh channel uh Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam Savage is like now like doing things from his shop like totally alone. He has to shoot everything himself, and like I and I can con- I can continue to watch these things because okay, it's I don't feel as though I'm enabling and rewarding with ad dollars or Patreon dollars or whatever things that I think that are not only unhealthy for the people who are making these videos, but creating that uh, feeding into the mass delusion that oh well that was a fun the social distancing and wearing masks those are fun things that we did back in march and april some people really liked it they kept doing it through may but it's pretty much over with now it's everything's pretty much contained like no it isn't (laughs) you're you're making people do stupid things please stop doing it they're they're uh, oh well yeah oh well oh well what else can you do Mm. um by the way did you see that just to change the subject to something a little more a little less, well, it, it it's still rooted in reality. Did you see the update that they pushed through for one of your fossil watches? Mm. I think it just came through like overnight. Oh. I didn't I didn't put this on the dock, by the way, so I'm totally throwing this at you out of nowhere. Um, but I think it was the fossil fifth gen Wear OS watches. No, I, I say so I, I I remind you that I cheaped out and got the ninety nine dollar like uh, fossil oh. four. Okay. Is it is it something awesome that totally redeems Wear OS in every no. way, shape, or form? Okay, there you go. No. But I had a hunch. It, you know, it's probably good that we mentioned it because I mean it, it came through my okay. Google. Again, there there so someone someone is still writing code for Wear OS and for uh, and for uh, Wear OS watches. So, at least the someone. Yeah. Yes. I mean they they they've been given a cubicle and they're still doing the work. That's good. Again, it's so. an intern. 
<laughs> who, has, who still has to sign in and or sign junior, out every single junior day. junior software developer, yes. which is, you know, they, they have benefits, so that's good. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just did the wearables. Okay. It's been on my mind, you know. All I can... Last thing I want to do is wear a wearable in this heat, but, you know, I'm... <laughs> Well, speaking speaking of wearables, the last week I mentioned uh, that uh, someone had posted a, a a picture on Twitter of a gorgeous designed like uh, Pixel Watch, uh, and they the the poster on Twitter was alleging that ooh is this is this like a secret marketing video a marketing image of like the brand new Pixel Watch that's coming out or that they've developed. And we talked about it, and I was saying that, well, I looked really, really closely at it, and I, I assumed that if it's not something that I'd heard about elsewhere, it's probably some really, really talented designer or design student who did this, who designed this thing as a portfolio piece, like as a challenge, because you have no idea how good the modeling is. Uh, that The whole point of this modeling software uh, like is, is to take these things that haven't been built and make them look like they've been built so that the person you're trying to sell on this design can actually envision it. And I was, I was, but I was homing in on things like, okay, I don't think if you, if you look at the back of it, the engraving on the, on that bank of sensors uh, for the heart rate and stuff actually says 42 millimeter, like Google pixel watch made by Google, but it's the same sort of arrangement of, of stuff that you see on the back of an Apple watch that the, the buckle on the strap, was identical and it does but i and i want to credit uh this uh that it turns out that of course it is a portfolio piece from a very talented designer by the name of jane sai uh mm. james sai if you go to jamesai.com we'll have the link last in name the, in spelled the t-s-a-i by the way i hope i'm pronouncing it correctly and uh and the and you can see how really thought out this design is that i hope Ooh, that i i hope that if i, if I, I were to, if 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 google were to actually tease a next generation pixel watch with this image i would get really excited really quickly and what, one of the things that he did, which I thought was really cool, is that he took the elements of the Wear OS logo, like the W, which is like two colored bars and a colored dot. And so the always on display with his design the, the is modeled after that letter W, where it's the, 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 the hour and the minute hand are the two long bars. And I think the seconds hand is the dot. Uh, between the two and when you try when you activate the assistant or something then all of these the when it goes from i'm just telling you the time to i'm now a smartwatch it animates from <laughs> those elements of the hands and the and the second hand into the watch logo and fades into uh, it's beautiful beautiful stuff it just goes to show you that it i haven't i guess that means that i ha uh, google has yet to completely cauterize whatever neurons i have that make me want a really good Wear OS watch. Because if you show me something cool, it gets me kind of excited, even though I know it doesn't really exist and probably won't ever really exist. I just hope that eventually they get to a point where I'm not going to say, I'm just, I don't care. I'm just going to buy an Apple watch. <laughs> even if it means I have to dig out like my old iPhone 6, uh, 6S just to have something to pair it with once a week and back it up to, oh dear. Man, I really want this watch. I'm really sad it doesn't exist. This is exactly what I envision for a smartwatch from Google. None of this clunkiness that's been coming out. None of this like 
oh, look at this watch. It looks like it cost me a lot of money. Like, I know that's why people wear watches for, you know, aesthetic purposes. Like, I know that's why people buy exorbitantly priced watches. But as a functional watch, like, I would just love something small and casual, but also stylish. And I really love the renderings and the way they match, like, the whole... Um, just the rest of the pixel hardware lineup. Like there's this coral colored watch that's here that is so beautiful. And I definitely, I mean, I imagine what it would look like in person. This is, again, they're all renderings, but it's really nice to see people doing this in the, in the Google pixel community. This is something that happens a lot. I feel in, you know, the Apple fan community, there's always like, what could Apple think of next? And it's just this, this way of trying to think around the design paradigm. And I really like that, those of us in the Google realm are thinking in, you know, in this box because um, it means Google's onto something with its design paradigm. It means that it's resonating with people and it's resonating with me. It's resonating with you. Yeah. And this is exactly why we would love to see something functional that is not just from Samsung. Because when you get, you know, a Samsung watch, you get a Samsung aesthetic. And that's a very different design paradigm. That's a different, you know, um, these are all things that. This is why design is such an important element of technology. Like we really need to to pay it mind. Um, wow. And, and, I, and I think that he's the designer is really communicating the goop to Google that I totally understand your design language because not only not only did he have the guts to um, create it this page as though it's a uh, an actual Google product page. He put it mm-hmm. next to all the other, just, just like it would probably be like shown next to Google home and next to other like Google products. And it fits in nicely. But the, the capper on this is when he, he selected three colors and the names that he selected for them are very Googly. Indeed. Uh, their uh, mm-hmm. design features three minimalistic color options that offer consumers of all genders and style preferences, milk, white, Sweet papaya and boba black. Mm, sweet papaya. Mm. Boba black should be a little less black, though, in my opinion, because boba has this very dark, almost black navy. Anyway, anyway, we've got so much nice, to talk about. <laughs> nice work, James. I hope. I hope that. Uh, uh, on the, on the one hand, I hope they hire you and uh, and have you put this design into production for real. Failing that, I hope that they rob you blind and simply steal this design because I just want to own a watch that looks like this and behaves like this. No offense, I'm hoping that they actually pay you for this. But if they were to say, "Hey, we're a nearly a trillion dollar company," try to sue us, see how far that gets. If that means that I would I would I would write one heck of a barn burning editorial lambasting Google for ripping you off. And I would use that to justify that, well, of course I had to buy it so I could take pictures of it because, you know, otherwise I just want this watch. I've made that point, but I want to make that point again. It's a very, very, very cool It's watch. really nice. Uh let's take a break. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have some news about uh, other googly sort of stuff, Google hardware that I just received in the mail. Yay. Well, uh, I paid I paid twenty dollars extra to make sure that I would have the Pixel Four A that I pre ordered uh, on in, a day before we recorded. I was uh, when the I was so interested in the Four A, not just to write about it and talk about it, but also perhaps as. Uh, my daily driver phone to replace my Pixel One. That uh, I was, I was, I was 
uh, I, I was like, uh, I, ha- I, ha- I had the $350 like chambered and loaded and like pressure on the trigger on the morning that the pre-orders went up. Uh, got my pre-order in almost immediately at the t- at the point which it was like, oh, if, but for t- t- free shipping, but for $20 extra, we could get it to you on either the 19th or the 20th. And as soon as I realized that the 19th was a Tuesday, and of course, we normally record on a, on a, on a Wednesday and sometimes on a Thursday, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's worth 20 bucks. Uh, and I'm very, very happy I did because we get to talk a little bit about it. Uh, I've, I mean, I'm talking about possibly using it as a daily driver. I've had it for one day. So on that basis, that's a perfectly good authority in which to talk about it as a day driver. So you did it. You just went ahead. You decided that's it. I'm doing it. I'm going for it. This is it. As soon as I saw the specs, I thought that there, Hmm. there, there are three things that I felt as though I absolutely had to have in that I had to have a camera that was, that was at least competitive with a top tier phone camera because there there's I'm I'm so pleased by the quality of a top tier camera phone that when I when I go through my Instagram when I go through even my Google photos it is often hard to guess which pictures I took just off the cuff because I was out running an errand I had my mm-hmm. phone with me and which ones were after walking around all day with a $1300 camera with a $2000 lens uh, and so I, it would disappoint me if I was in uh, your OnePlus 8 situation where uh, this was such a dramatic, beautiful lighting situation that a good camera should be able to capture. And now I can only sort of indicate to people, use this as an illustration when I explain to people what that wonderful, like, lighting uh, uh, orange, orange sunset glow looked like bouncing off the bricks of this old building. It must be nice to have a halfway decent camera because that's these days. That's the different. That's the chief difference. Every camera can take a great picture in even average lighting. It's these edge cases in which the top tier camera phones uh, really, really show their stuff. It's when you're trying to take something in super dim light or there's a lot of red in here. And you don't want the cameras to just be overblown with all of its red parts of its sensor. Uh, And uh, so, so that's one thing. I also feel as though I need a lot of storage. Uh, so uh, and so uh, when I was I was pleasantly surprised when a week before the release, which is the time which you start to absolutely give credibility to rumors that suddenly pop up uh, that the base that, that uh, it would be 128 gigs of storage. That is that's proven to me in my uh, three years or so of having the pixel one that's three or four years. That's, that's exactly the amount of storage that I need. I need to be able to download like high resolution albums so that I don't necessarily need an internet connection. I need to be able to not necessarily have to always be offloading pictures and videos. That's perfect. And I need a credible processor. It has to be, it has to be fast enough. And I, I don't, and I don't, care if it isn't like uh, the iphone se the latest generation cpu so long as i just don't notice how long it takes to to launch apps so long as i don't notice how long it takes to process a picture in hdr plus and that stuff that's fast enough and this as soon as i confirmed that this phone clipped all three bang 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 and cost 350 dollars not the 400 dollars that was possibly a rumor 
I knew that at the very, very least, it would be worth having it just as part of my library. Um, I, I felt I felt as though if even if it were bad, it would be worth it to use this for a year or two while I wait for the Pixel mainline phones to become like while I wait for the, either the Pixel Six or the five G version of the iPhone uh, in next year's five G iPhone. Uh, I thought that so, uh, so I felt that the, my money was saved over the past day of using it. I've found that uh, again. I'm still. Uh, I'll, I'll certainly do a follow up in a couple of weeks if need be. But I have found that there is. I have absolutely no complaints about it. Uh, it is a three hundred fifty dollar phone, which means that you essentially you take the uh, the Pixel Four, remove everything that is nice to have maybe but not really important Mm -hmm. uh so it's a plastic body not a glass back but it is what you might call apple plastic it feels like it it feels like a solidly built phone it's not like something like the magic keyboard like that sort of but although that's aluminum so yeah but but what i'm saying is that when it it doesn't feel like a piece of garbage in your hand and it doesn't feel like you have to you have to be careful with it it doesn't have like ip68 certified water resistance but to be fair, uh, there are other uh, Nexus and Pixel phones that also didn't have it, but they were plenty water resistant. They just didn't have the certification. I'm fine with that. It doesn't have uh, it doesn't have the radar that does face uh, face detection and gesture detection. But I'm perfectly fine doing without that. Uh, again, my Pixel One didn't have that either, and it seemed to work just fine. Bang, 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 bang. All these things that were just uh, the, they were cool. Uh, the Pixel 4 certainly was a prettier phone and felt like a piece of jewelry, fine jewelry in my hand. But then as soon as I put it in my $30 rubber case, <laughs> a lot of that sort of effect goes away anyway. Um, so the construction is really good. The battery life, I've been finding, again, for a day, I charged it uh, I charged it up to 80%. I think it came at 72. I just plugged in for a little while. And was using it all day, including like installing apps. And as you know, the, you can't really go uh, judge battery life on the first day because when you, as you're installing apps, it's doing nothing but super processing intensive activities as it rebuilds the rebuilds the app you've downloaded into something that will run on your actual device. Uh, but even so, it was I got like ten. I was using it almost nonstop for nine or 10 hours and it still had plenty of battery left. The screen is gorgeous. The color is nice and snappy. Uh, the brightness was something that I was kind of worried about because that's, that's another thing that you find in cheap phones where mm. it's just not as bright. So it can't really compete in daylight. It was a nice sunny day yesterday and it was perfectly fine. Uh, I love, I also love the shape and the size of it. It has, because it doesn't have all of those radar sensors that means that they can really do a nearly edge to edge top bottom left right they have now a a, a, a key they, they now have a, a hole punch uh, selfie camera and i really really like all that extra real estate uh and uh the size is so it's bigger and larger than my pixel 1 without being huge and silly i keep i keep getting tempted by these like really big like <laughs> 8.9 inch phones or, you know, the, 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 the Samsung notes, but the, those are things that I would like to have from time to time, not something that I would like to have in my pocket day to day. Um, and things that I would call pixeliness, all those, all those little features that 
like I really like like live audio transcription, call screening. I can't uh, night sight astrophotography. I can't. I've not found a single feature of the Pixel Four that's not also available on this Pixel Four A, um, and it's. I, I'm so I'm very happy with it. No, no five G either, but in 2020, I'm not bothered by that. By the time yeah. this thing reaches its end of its practical life, that will be about the time when 5G will come with no downsides on a phone and will actually be useful. So I don't worry about that. The but the only and I hate to bring I know that sometimes people listen to podcasts for like a break from coronavirus stuff. I can't, uh, but I have to. But I have to mention this because it's kind of funny. I just I, for the I was out taking a few pictures with it last night. Uh, a few pictures I did take really impressed me. I thought, again nothing, but the, the the digital zoom is very very good. Uh, but I just I, I remembered that oh I can't do my normal camera tests. Every every single time, like I, I try to test a new phone, I go to the Boston Public Library. I take the same collection of pictures I always take, and I can't do that. What I'm really, as soon as I posted, like, hey, I've got the new uh, the new Pixel 4G. Here are a couple of snapshots I took. Of course, like everyone's saying, oh, we can't wait to see the the squirrel photos from it. And now, see, the thing is, I can take like really great close up pictures of squirrels as part of my te- camera tests because i go to the i go to the public garden where it's like they as soon as the squirrel sees a human being sit down it's like when somebody sees like a, a starbucks it's like all the squirrels are like lined up making conversation as they're getting ready to place their orders or okay was was it say almonds or sunflower seeds uh got anything in like a peanut unsalted i mean that's it's so easy to like <laughs> yes. just Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's just great. No, they're, they're they're very very they're very very personable and they're very very gracious in lending me their time. They they sign a release. They're 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 good to work with. They're professionals. They show up uh, you know, as 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 advertised. And I can't. And I don't think I can do suburban squirrels the same way. No, you're absolutely correct. They are absolute jerks. They are just. Well, they're not jerks. They're just used to if there's a human being, they might have a dog, and the dog is probably going to chase them. And who needs that kind of stuff today? Well, not, honestly, if you think me, about Mr. it, Squirrel. like we're the jerks to the squirrels because we came in and just like changed their whatever their ecosystem was. And can we really blame them for chewing through our expensive backyard lights? True. You know, that's just well, I mean, who they are. You know, uh, at the end of the day, squirrels got a squirrel. Exactly. Okay. Um, and that, at the that's, end of the and day, that's, and that, that's what they, that's their core competency. That's what they do best. It's sort of like saying, Hey, Andy, we want you to, uh, lift big logs and, uh, and we, we essentially want you to, uh, we have this job that involves you like stamping these papers all day long. That's not my core competency. That's you're saying, well, really, if you could give me a job that involves, reading a lot of things and talking to a lot of people and then writing about things that I've learned or inferred and do this while wearing shorts and drinking lots of Diet Dr. Pepper. That's what I'm good at. That's what I'm genetically (sighs) pre-inclined to do. I just think about all the time how that's my job and we're so lucky. (laughs) We're so lucky that our job gets to be to be here and talk about all of these new phones that have come out and just how we live lives with them while wearing house clothes and <laughs> drinking exorbitant amounts of iced coffee and 
having humidifiers that look like little cactuses. <laughs> it's um, true. She's holding up a humidifier that yeah, I, just, I would not I, have identified as a humidifier because I would say that looks like a little novelty cactus from the Sanrio store or a Pokemon. Cactus. It does. That's exactly why I got it. Cactus um, type because Pokemon. It's very on brand for me. Uh, also but, but, on but, brand for me. <laughs> but, 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 but bottom line is that very, very pleased with the 4A for three. It's not, it's, it's not the sort of thing when, when I finally like talk about it for real in a couple of weeks. Um, it's not the, I'm used to looking at $350, $400 phones and saying, gee, for a $400 phone, it's like, no, if this were, uh, if if I had paid 500 bucks for it, I would still think it was a very, very good phone. For 500 bucks, I would expect it to like be made out of metal instead of plastic. Oh, it does have an NFC, so I can do contactless payments. That was that was another like uh, deal breaker. But it has a headphone jack, and I, I, I still enjoy a headphone jack. I really do. Andy likes the aesthetic of having his smartphone in his front hoodie pocket with the wire just coming out just so and going to his giant Beats headphones as he walks through a dark alley and contemplates his life. What you, what you people don't understand if you're not an audiophile is that Bluetooth isn't just a wireless protocol. It's a compression protocol, all right? Because all that data can't be transmitted unless it's compressed first. So if you like, you know, if you think that, hey, uh, the Beatles, you did a good job on the Sgt. Pepper album, but what your album really needed was to have a lot of its context stripped away because I'm annoyed by having a little chord. I'm not, that's, you know, if I meet Paul McCartney, that's not the first thing I want to talk to him about. I want to say, hey, Paul, see this copper wire? That's how much I respect you and your music, man. That was a perfectly succinct impression. <laughs> that was perfect. That I've was been exactly... on the receiving end of a lot of those sort of yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, that you, that, I, I, can, can we move back to phones? This is too much for me. Wait this a minute. Actually you're, making you're, me you're, you're listening to music through two-way speakers you don't have a mid-range or well okay what why don't you just like andy i just hire a person to cough (laughs) in your ear every time you put on an album man like i i'm sorry i buy i bought the speakers that i thought sounded nice or within my budget and serve my needs i'm sorry that i don't have a special room for them or anything sir Shenanigans? Shenanigans. Shenanigans, yes. There, so on the, so on, on the subject of, of these phones, so there, there are a lot of like now really good mid-range phones. Um, one of the things, uh, before I bought the 4A, I was made sure, well, what, what else can I get for less than, let's say, less than 500? I did think about the iPhone SE. Uh, I did think about uh, all Samsung phones and a lot of OnePlus phones are still available. Um, one thing that was, it's maybe too expensive for that, the OnePlus Nord nord uh is uh and it's, but it was really really extremely well reviewed and i was disappointed that oh, it's not available in the united states and there's no announced plans to make it available in the united states so like, despite the fact that again it's got these great reviews but in the middle of looking at looking around and looking at the the OnePlus nord i came across something that i really really thought was Yes, I, I had to declare declare shenanigans. Yeah, so there's I, I, a, I want to reply to this, but go ahead. T- t- tell our there's, audience. There is a uh, on, if you go to the uh, OnePlus phone uh, forums, uh, they there's a notice from OnePlus uh, 
entitled in one announcing the OnePlus Nord beta program available in the United States and Canada. Dear dear friends, we've just finished taking the wraps off OnePlus Nord, our newest smartphone that has pretty much everything you can ask for. At OnePlus, we're dedicated to bringing flagship experiences to all our devices. Our history has shown that focusing on just a few markets first and then expanding has worked well. And while this new smartphone product line will initially be available in Europe and India, we look forward to bringing more affordable smartphones to North America in the future. Translation, you ain't getting into OnePlus Nord. But we've got good news for 50 of you. And here's where they announced the OnePlus Nord beta program. So what they're doing, the and, and see if you agree with, I know you agree with me, but li- dear listener, I think that you will also agree with me as well. This is shady as hell. So they're uh, giving, they have 50 OnePlus Nords that they're giving to 50 people in the United States and Canada. Uh, and there are two parts of the beta program. One is a feedback form of uh, which you f- provide feedback to the OnePlus product team and uh, tell them what you like, what you don't like. But part two is a device review where they're saying we want to see original, creative, and quote, unbiased, unquote, reviews that really test Nord. And so <laughs> uh, these are, you get these uh, 50 of these people who like reply to this and, and apply to be part of this quote program, unquote, will get a phone, but it's only a loaner for 30 days. But a certain select few will get to keep their phones. But you're not going to find out about that until after they see, like, how you reviewed this and what you published about it. And I'm like, oh, dude, that is so not right. It it just it reminds me of I mean, I think for us, it is a very odd concept, but I don't know that it's necessarily shady because I feel like this is something that is done because what we have to remember is that back in the day, Xiaomi became just as a as a test. Uh, Xiaomi became very popular because of the fan base that they had built, the online fan base, and they really lead into that when they were trying to come to the U.S. Um, and I think that was something that we're just not used to here and so maybe to ethics uh, we're not used to ethics so i could well, i could, maybe to a certain I, I could audience. agree with that yes oh, okay. maybe to a certain audience this is very like exciting because oh my gosh i get to be like a part of the rnt process it's like i'm a part of the you know it, it helps give some ownership to the people who are buying these things but i agree with you that it's definitely uncouth it's definitely uncouth yeah. compared to you know, the, the typical R&D process is you spend the money, you put the product out into the world, and people either buy it or don't buy it. And then you either get yelled at by your boss to do better, or you get fired and they put somebody new <laughs> to try and sell things. So, you know, they're missing out on that process, which I will say is part of the whole innovation journey. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, that's that's... That's OnePlus's MO. I mean, I'm I, I just think it's very interesting that we have this block of phones that we're talking about that are of this price range. And I know I kind of asked you about this last week about your opinion, but you know, I, I really think that we both agree that this is the year that the pricing structure for consumer electronics in general is gonna shift a little bit. And I think because because everybody's in the same ditch. Well, most everybody. <laughs> 
not not the billionaires that yeah. you know we need to get there <clears throat> anyway but those of us plebeians those of us normies normals <laughs> you know yep those are the, the those of us who where where other people in my in my in my line of work are pivoting towards profitable like Twitch videos and the, I'm I pivoted towards terrestrial radio at, at NPR but <laughs> but hey it's not about it's not about the money it really is about the work and it's just see this is just and to to be fair I have not spoken to OnePlus who confirmed oh oh yes no we're trying to entice people to write positive reviews in the hopes that they'll get to keep this five or second okay I, I haven't talked to anybody who said that they're saying the, the and and the i'll quote the the posting the beta testers that really give us their honest take and do so in a way that's thorough and distinct will get to keep nord unfortunately everyone else will need to return the device within one month uh, so um, maybe maybe they're honest about it, but that's not there there are only two ways to do it the actually no there's only one way to do it there's no there's you can't dangle a carrot in front of somebody that's going to be offering their opinion on this thing and sharing that with the public so basically there're 50 people there there right now the only people who reviewed the phone are people who've managed to obtain one internationally or like websites news sites that have an international presence like in in Europe and, and India uh, that could simply buy one locally uh, do they, they, by the way, the post also mentions that even if you could get a OnePlus Nord, it doesn't. It's it's not for not intended for North America, so it doesn't have like the same radio set that uh, that a North American phone would have. So it might not even give you four G yeah, uh, like... in your area. But see, you, you can't you can't you even when uh, I do have a, a, a Pixel Four, which was given to me like at the in a, in a, at the uh, Pixel launch event in October, free and clear. I don't have to return it or anything. But that the only way I would have accepted it would have been as happened. They just simply give me a phone. It's not like now we're got we're expecting positive coverage, of course, or we'd like to talk to you beforehand about the sort of coverage that you intend to put together. In in a, in a way, Google is uh, uh, whereas Apple doesn't give me iPhones; it's always on a loan basis. Uh, Google, even though they gave me the phone, they did so, part of what part of how their approach is a little bit more pure than how Apple does it, in which they don't they don't give me they don't give me a mandatory briefing. They're not really in touch unless I contact them with a question. Uh, I'm not saying that the uh, Apple's more uh, Apple uh, Apple doesn't like try to steer my coverage. They don't try to. Uh, it's not as though they're trying to influence me at all. But I'm having converse. I'm definitely having conversations that a consumer wouldn't be having. Uh, and uh, I, I should also point out that I have these conversations with Apple because I do think it's important that because the average user can't have conversations with Apple saying, "Why? why is it that I can't get this camera to work this way? Or when you said this during the product rollout, I totally didn't get that at all. And it sounded like marketing BS. Could you explain that to me? But there's, there, there are lots of different ways to do, uh, hey, here's some hardware. Please, re- uh, if you want to review our product, we'll get we'll arrange for you to get hardware. There are a lot of ways to do that that don't sort of leave a stink behind. And they do involve not saying that, oh, now after you've published your review, we'll decide if you get to keep it for reals. And also when you're, I don't know, maybe th- this is this could be a generational thing as well. 
because there's um, the the price of screwing up in an ethics ethical sort of way like that has historically been like for me growing up when I grew up writing for magazines and newspapers was okay, you're fired and nobody will hire you again because it turns out that you were writing positive reviews based on the fact that they were flying you out to these wonderful places to do the photo shoot to the, um, and it's, so it's, it's, uh, uh, so we have to, we have to accommodate the fact that you have a lot of, uh, people who are not nece- who are not necessarily reviewers or critics they are video producers that they have and they have a different set of priorities that probably intersect with that of uh, of a critic or a reviewer but on the other hand maybe doesn't and you don't know until you get to see a year's worth of their videos to see are these people bozos or are they not yeah well <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, well. So let's get, before we before we break, let's take talk about another piece of good news mm-hmm. for uh, for people who buy Samsung phones. Um, we were talking about the. Uh, That's a good way of putting it, by the way. Good news for people who buy <laughs> Samsung phones. It's great. You know who you are. <laughs> As for the rest of you, we can smell them, can't we? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Just a joke. It's a joke. Uh, <laughs> So uh, when uh, Microsoft announced the Surface Duo, they announced that uh, it was going to be they were promising three years worth of uh, Android OS updates, uh, just like Pixel devices. And now, uh, I'm sorry, not now, a couple of weeks, uh, a week or week ago or so, but I just didn't. We just didn't talk about the show. Uh, Samsung first announced that they were expanding its two years of promised updates to three. I think this year they, excuse me, this week they added they posted an addendum saying actually we're being even more broad than that from the uh, at first it applied only that they're super expensive phones but now there applies to a lot of phones uh as of this week they've announced that it replies it applies to their entire uh samsung galaxy s10 and s20 lines uh the note 10 the note 20 all current foldables and most current tablets i think uh, even select a series phones, which is their like non galaxy, but still very good mid priced and low priced phones. Um, so that's, that's see, that's really important because that's always been there. There, when, when you talk about the difference between, uh, going with Android or going with an iPhone, one of the biggest things that no Android defender can really defend is, how long is this going to be a viable mm. phone? How long mm. am I going to get not just major OS yeah. updates, but security updates? And whereas Apple has, they've never, I don't think they've, they've ever actually promised a certain number of updates or a certain number of years, but over the years, it is, they, they seem to have demonstrated that if it looks like this, uh, your, uh, your existing iPhone is hardware capable of running this new OS there? We won't do anything to stop it from running on this new OS. So as a result, uh, iOS 14 is in beta and it runs on, I think the, uh, the oldest phone it runs on is the iPhone six S, which is about four years old. Uh, but probably I wouldn't doubt that it will also run, uh, iOS 15 when it, when it comes to bear. Um, so it, do, it does raise the question now that if Google is still struggling to carve out an identity for the pixel line of phones. And one of them used to be, well, if you want to get guaranteed OS updates, 
pixels the one to go by well now you're not necessarily getting a better deal on that than you're getting from samsung which is the number one android maker i think in the world so are you are you going to come back googling give me four years or five years when wouldn't that be kind of you to do <sighs> yeah i just this when the news when this news hit this week everybody was talking about this is great so glad to see samsung committing it just I just kind of was like, this is just another, this is just another press tour for, you know, something to kind of, I, I don't know. I, not to say that it seems disingenuous because there are some stats, some anecdotal stats that seem to suggest that Samsung is committing to those updates. But I just, it just makes me think about the whole messy world of carriers and who it really is that like owns the, or not owns, but that really drives the version that's on your device. And just like, and then I start to get angry because it reminds me that the real problems are not being fixed. And, and well, doesn't that just mirror what's happening in life right now around us? It's a very loaded topic for me, as you can see, yeah. which is partly why I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Fair enough. It's distressing. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. I just wish there were fewer barriers uh, against, like, uh, against people who selecting an Android phone if an Android phone is the best choice for them. Right. And that's. I feel as though the uncertainty about updates, uh, particularly when you're talking about a phone that doesn't cost three hundred and fifty dollars, that they're Android phones that cost. Even OnePlus has like seven hundred, eight hundred dollar phones out there. That's a lot of money to spend on something that you don't know how long it's going to be really safe to use that. And in this world, the the fact that there is even any sort of a time limit on security updates is that's unacceptable. But I also just kind of feel like a lot of people don't really know that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? They don't really. I don't know. Well, they they should. I know. To, I, I know. I know. I know. And it's our job to tell them. I yeah. know. But that's why I feel like this is such a PR push because that's true. Too. You know what I mean? And I don't know. And Everything about this year. I, I'm, I'm I just really am cynical. I just. Really yeah. No, a I, I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like there's <laughs> I mean, again, there was I, I was I was up for a walk last week. And uh, I was walking past, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, I was walking past like one of the churches and there was like a car table set up unattended with like a baggie full of like beautiful hand-sewn like masks. And clearly, uh, clearly they had masks so that if you, if you come in and enter, please, please obviously take a mask. Uh, we don't want people coming in without uh, without uh, for a Sunday service without masks, and and but there was a sign that outside said, "Hey, if you need a mask, even if you're not coming in, if, you know, by all means take one. Here's a donate some donate a few bucks if you'd like to, but please." You know. And my first reaction was, "What's in it for then?" Oh, jeez. <laughs> It's a very 2020 thing. Like there must be a way that I'm going to get screwed over by taking one of these beautiful hand sewn masks. <laughs> Although well, I, I, I corrected myself like three seconds later and took took a, a a beautiful mask and put like five bucks into the envelope because I thought that again whatever church help this, buy more fabric. There, there is something there is something about church church lady crafts. I know <laughs> that I know I don't I don't know which I like more church lady crafts or church lady cooking. 
and i'm i'm very very fortunate that there are like two churches like within like a, a hundred yard walk of my front doorstep like old 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 timey churches not like the and God wants you to survive and thrive and be wealthy. And by giving me $5,000, it's a seed investment. No, these are, again, it's a very like church lady sort of like place. Like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, now Vi is going to tell her, tell you that her strawberry pie is better than mine, but don't you listen to Vi. Oh, Vi, stop. <sighs> Estelle and I, we joke with each other. We, as a matter of fact, we we share all of our baking. Like, oh, fine, Estelle, you're wonderful. I will take both of your pies. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll end that on a smile. Uh, and hey, if you uh, if if you like uh, the man being having it being stuck too, you'll like our first story after we come back from this break because Google uncharacteristically is in hot water. Well, we kid uh, Australia a lot, uh, be- mostly because of its horrific per- uh, preponderance of venomous wildlife that wants to kill you. At Isn't that every right, stage. Russell? All those Isn't things you right, warned Russell? us about. We spent all those weeks years. after weeks calling your attention even to a plant that, if you so much as brush against it, uh, the legend is that a horse that blood that that is brushed against the leaf of this plant was so we driven insane by pain of this by the yeah, way of exactly. the gimpy gimpy bush and by the way just for the record really miss russell i hope he's we okay miss you, yes and it's actually it's partly from russell that uh that uh this came to my attention or at least came higher on my radar oh uh, that's uh, right he was tweeting about it right he was tweeting about this so australia's uh competition and consumer commission uh, after uh, requests for comments and consideration, uh, posted uh, at the end of July a draft of a new mandatory legal code that would give us the Australian news media really heavy bargaining power against companies like Google and Facebook for uh, when it comes to how they choose to use slash reuse the news media's content and also burdens both these companies with a lot of mandatory responsibilities. Now, this is always, uh, you, you'll remember from uh, from the uh, con- congressional hearings uh, a few weeks ago that one of the big things they were uh, hitting Google particularly for was how they, quote, steal, unquote, content from other mm. sites, mm. such as uh, the uh, Lyrics database was a famous, uh, famous uh, example where you would Google, hey, what are the lyrics of Easy Writer? And it would say, oh, well, here are the exact lyrics of Easy Writer. And rather than go to this lyrics website that does nothing but host lyrics, why don't you just like not go there and stay inside Google search? This is a problematic behavior. We will, I think, all agree. Uh, But it becomes a lot more complicated when it comes to, well, how about if when people ask for – when people uh, do a Google search for news about the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission's proceedings against Google, is it okay if we excerpt the first – the lead of the paragraph uh, so that people know that if I click on this and go to your website, which they had never heard of until they'd done this Google search, is that okay if we just use this to tell them here's what the link goes to? That's where it becomes a lot more complicated. Uh, But it seems like the ACCC has – has taken a very serious or heavy-handed, dependent on how, what your opinion is. Uh, so, uh, f- 
essentially it's it says that if if there is a disagreement between a news agency a news media outlet uh and here they define they do define a news media outlet in a very very specific and narrow way it's not like hey we're Kyle and Lyle's bl- t- you know, political b- blog it's no it has to make uh generate $150,000 at least in uh, Australian money Annually, it has to adhere to certain rules of uh, journalistic practice and procedure. So essentially, this is really for things that we think of as newspapers as opposed to just dudes with blogs. Okay, good good month there. (laughs) But uh, it also has to be providing news in the public interest. So it can't be just, you know, a skiing blog. It has to be, again, a real news outlet. But essentially – uh, the 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 goal of this draft this draft proposal is to make sure that these organizations have bargaining power when they uh, negotiate with Google or Facebook. So when they come saying, "Hey, we need we need you to pay us for uh, excerpting or using our stuff in any way," uh, so the what this what would happen if this uh, is passed into law that uh, both of the parties would have three months to reach an agreement. And if they don't reach an agreement within three months, then it automatically goes to an independent outside arbiter, which will examine all the proposals on the table and all the offers on the table and decide which one is the most fair within 40 days. And that will be a binding decision. It also allows uh, smaller news publishers within a certain geographical region to negotiate and bargain as a group. So you know, the the eighteen different towns served by a cer- uh, in a certain community don't have to individually uh, go to Google or Facebook. They can essentially have the additional power of being an entire region. Um, there are also a whole bunch of minimum standards that they that Google would have to comply with, and a lot of these seem very either overreach or very weird or ill defined. I'm not sure that I I've been I, I've spent like a, a couple of nights trying to read into this. Hmm. Um, so one of the things is that Google would have to inform news providers about any changes that they make to their search algorithms or their news algorithms that would affect the search rankings or visibility of these news providers. So essentially they're saying that we need Google to be, uh, if not completely open about their search algorithms, more open, at least be able to say that here's a hint, uh, the fact that, Here's a hint. We're making a change that says that if you have a lead headline that is fewer than 11 words but contains these two, three hot words, it is less likely to bubble up higher in the in the search rankings. Anytime – and this is a real third rail issue. Anytime that Google offers any hints whatsoever about how the search algorithm works, that is an open invitation for people to use this information to try to game uh, the search results, and that's why you get – uh, really, really stupid search results instead of the things you're looking for. So that's potentially a dangerous thing for users. Um, they would also have to provide, and this is one of the things that I was trying to really nail down, they would have to provide really fine, what seems to be fine-grained data about how users are engaging with uh, the content provided by these news people. So what demographically, what kind of people, not identities, but demographically, what kind of people, what articles did they see, how much time did they spend reading it, where did they go after that? Uh, and this seems like, it seems like they're commanding Google to essentially donate really, really important marketing tools 
to Mm -hmm. all of these people under not under a hey hey here's a free product that we are offering under certain terms and conditions but we are now legally required to give you demographics about how people are finding your site and how they're and how they're engaging with it which i don't know how that if if the stated goal of this is to give the uh, give these news providers a lot more power to fight uh, the abuse of their content i don't see how that has anything to do with that um they would also which seems to make a little bit of sense to give news platforms the power to prevent their news items their content from being included on any digital platform service uh and now this is i don't understand at all they would also have to provide these businesses with user comment moderation tools and i'm but I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to get clarification on whether that means that if they post something if they if they have an article posted on their own site google has to provide the back end for moderating d- user discussion on it or does it mean that on their if this content is readable through their own platforms through google's own platforms then google has to provide uh moderation of con of user user conversation that the original content creators can then pipe in on including turning off all comments whatsoever i don't know what that means i'm still looking yeah, into I'm it like i'm like trying to i'm like trying to look through the it's very vague i i've i've read the text of the proposal i've read uh, australian legal opinions on how it works i've read australian tech blogs and tech analysts of how it works I and I'm not saying it makes no sense. I'm saying that I still don't understand it, which could be is which indicates either a problem with me or a problem with this law as is proposed. Now, Google apparently is afraid and or angry enough with this uh, that they Google users in Australia are being presented with. Now, this is this is where uh, our friend Russell comes in. He tweeted out mm-hmm. that using a Google using a Google product and he gets a pop up saying, hey, here's a warning. Australia is trying to screw with your your Google services. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it links to uh, a, quote, open letter to Australians, which lays out what their opposition to this is. And of course, couching in terms of, hey, this proposed law is bad for all of you. It's going to mean that you're going to be paying paying money for Google services and your privacy is going to be compromised and the search algorithm is going to be gamed. And a lot of that is propaganda, of course. But it's we need to let you know about new government regulation that will hurt how Australians use Google search and YouTube. A proposed law, the News Media Bargaining Code, would force us to provide you with a dramatically worse Google search and YouTube could lead to your data being handed over to big news businesses and would put the free services you use at risk in Australia. And A lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot to be bombarded with as you're just like going through the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I just wanted to find Babylon Five Serenity slash fic. Really, I no, I really didn't <laughs> want to get involved in any sort Exa- of a political policy. Yeah, exactly. Policy. I just was I was just <laughs> minding my own business, and then all of a sudden, I had to worry about this crap. I mean, it's not crap. Look, I understand what the Australian it's a, government. It's a subtle is. and articulated. Yeah, problem, I, I again, understand what they're trying to like 
attempt here, but it just yeah. It's I don't a, know. It, it's it a difference between like, like put, put, putting a link on uh, on the Google landing page of "Hey, we're worried about this law," and actually putting up a little dialogue that says "Hey, click this button to get rid of mm-hmm. this because we really need you to read this." Uh, for their part, the ACCC has responded specifically to the letter saying, I'm quoting here, Google will not be required to charge Australians for the use of its free services, such as Google Search and YouTube, unless it chooses to do so. And Google will not be required to share any additional user data with Australian news businesses businesses unless it chooses to do so. Uh, but it doesn't respond to the point that, hey, people are going to be abusing the search algorithm if they're forced to mm-hmm. tell people about how it works. Um, so it's not a law yet. It's just a, a proposed law. Um, I think it's a huge over, I, I'm going to continue to, to research this and talk to people about it. I'm not convinced that it's, isn't a huge overreach at this point, uh, because they, uh, Google has been through this a couple of times before, um, uh, and they have provided data that's been backed up independently that, um, at least in terms of Google search, if they were to, they, this isn't about stealing content. This is about helping users to find your content where mm-hmm. I've never heard of your news outlet before in my life. But I know that Google has told informed me that you have a really nice, thoughtful, well-researched article, authoritative article uh, on the subject that I'm interested in. And now I'm going to go through Google search to visit your website that's not that doesn't seem to be a problem that's being that needs solving or that's going to be really addressed by this um and they remember that spain i think tried to do something similar and google's response was okay if you'd like we the only we feel as though the only way that we can respond to this is not by dealing with these what we feel to be a very onerous set of regulations but to simply say well if we just simply don't if we simply just give point people to a flat link without any explanation whatsoever, then that gets around that law. But it also means that these, uh, an un, unremarked link is less likely to be followed. And the news agencies were not necessarily happy with the drop in traffic. And I think that uh, the, the, the country kind of backed down on that. Um, but I, I'm also worried that again, Google seems to, they seem to want Google to be responsible for running a, an important hunk of news providers business. And I don't understand that. I'm also sort of worried that, okay, there's an arbiter after three months of not being able to come to an agreement, it goes to an arbiter. But what are the chances of this independent arbiter saying that, well, Google wants to Google thinks that it's obligated to pay you nothing. In this instance, you think that their Google is obligated to pay you what would amount to $30,000 a month. Um, I suppose it's fair that we kind of split the difference, let's say $8,000. What are the chances that the arbiter is going to say, actually, Google is right. You have absolutely no no interest in this. Google not, should, will now pay you nothing and should pay you nothing. So I, I'm, I will continue to observe this with considerable interest because uh, I think that it's a, I think that's, it's, it's, it's bad mojo. Do you think that, they're gonna do you think that this is happening because of just how much the world has slowed down that it's just i don't know it's just cleared the platform for these sort of things to come through i just feel like there's a lot of really i i can't tell if i'm noticing that there's a lot of heady lawsuiting going on because (laughs) i have time to really pay attention to it 
or if it's just that this time has slowed down so much that it has, you know, enabled people to really put together these sorts of I just feel like every new day I'm reading about something akin to this. It's just messing things up. It's 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 not it's not what we were thinking of when we were thinking of um equality or of content across the web. Does that make sense? That no, that that makes sense. And I I don't know what this means. I mean, Australia has uh, has had a far more adversarial relationship with tech companies than I think a lot of other places, certainly uh, more than the United States. You'll remember that a couple of years ago, um, they passed a real, the Australian government passed a really weird law that said that any tech company that has any employees or any sort of presence in Australia, the government has the ability to coerce that employee to do pretty much whatever the com- the, the country wants and even necess- not necessarily uh, even not necessarily tell their bosses what they are doing. Uh, there's a, 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 this had to, this was specifically uh, applying to uh, encrypted data that's saying that look, if you have even one employee working in Australia, and for a criminal investigation, we decide that we need access to encrypted data. You have to do it, and we have. And even if if we tell you that this is a top secret investigation, or excuse me, if we tell your employee that this is a top secret investigation, uh, and you can't tell your, your bosses back in the United States about it, then they're they they can't do it. There are fines of up to ten million dollars uh, and pris- possible prison terms associated with people who didn't associate with that. Um, and was, of course, proposed as like an anti-terrorism sort of measure. But it does show that the Australian government does feel that it already has considerable power to dictate how tech companies operate inside mm-hmm. its borders, which – and I think that we spent a lot of time on this show saying that we really wish that the American government could dictate more about what uh, Google and Facebook uh, can do with the United States – essentially to secure our privacy and to have real consequences to uh, being uh, having insecure yeah, control but it, over I mean, is this data. what we're wishing for is what, I don't know. It's makes you think, makes you think, <laughs> uh, makes you think, well, we're running a little bit long, so maybe we'll talk about earthquakes next year, uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a crowdsourced, I, I'm going to save this for next week because it's, okay. it's sufficiently and, interesting. And I want to, you know what? I want to look into it a little bit more just because when I heard about it, I was like, oh, okay. All right. It's, it's, it's an interesting idea. And Again, just, just, just as a teaser, not to frustrate, oh God, you're talking around this, but not about this, uh, just today or the other day, Google announced that uh, they're, they've got a program. They've got some a research program that will turn the uh, turn the accelerometer inside everyone's phone into like a mini size mm-hmm. seismometer to try to like detect and predict earthquakes worldwide. Okay, don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll talk about this uh, in greater detail next week. Again, we went a little bit long because we were having way too much fun, mm-hmm. and also I'm already tasting that beautiful sandwich that I'm going to have in probably Yay. half an hour's time, and that sort of loosened my tongue uh, more than it probably oh, I'm should hungry. have. It's lunchtime <laughs> over here, so Flo, anything you want to promote or, or, or plug before we uh, before we dismiss for the week? 
Yeah, you know, I have this new little link, flowrights.tech, and if you go to it, it takes you to a list of things. Um, it takes you to some of my recent work. I just had the best Chromebooks that went up at Tom's Guide, best Chromebooks for kids, I should say, so trying to help out parents who are in a bind right now with with homeschooling. Um, and I've also started a reading list, just kind of put it, you know, I'm stuck at home and I'm trying to figure out ways to kind of mesh with folks, you know, I'm lonely. I want to reach out a little bit. So I thought I would just do some quick little quick little things that I can do in the background that, you know, doesn't take up a bunch of time. So that's that's kind of what I'm going for. Um, we'll see if people respond. We'll see if people are interested. We'll see if people are hip to your jive. Exactly. Uh, there's a oh, we should mention that to, I think to the end of this week we're rec- recording our epic bonus mm-hmm. episode. Yes, we are uh, for our members. So if you want to get in on that, go to relay.fm/material and become a member, a member supporter of relay.fm, where you'll get access to uh, special content we, we do for members from time to time. Uh, not only from us, but from all the hosts mm-hmm. of various Relay FM podcasts. Uh, it's our little way of thanking you for uh, supporting our show directly, uh, in addition to uh, supporting us through our ads. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm going to be on uh, my usual NPR slot. Actually, it's a day early this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have another day to try to figure out this this Australian <laughs> ACCC uh, regulation. Uh, so uh, if you uh, if you want to listen live, listen tomorrow at, I think, 1 p.m.-ish. Go to WGBHnews.org. Uh, you can stream it. And if you don't listen to it then, it will be available on that exact same site later on in that exact same day. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. And until then, stay well, stay fruitful, stay sane, stay happy, and have a wonderful six or seven days. Bye, everyone. 